Today on episode number 558, we have a really cool Because of My Podcast story. I'm going to try to help answer the question, how do you stop being boring? And there's one thing that if I could go back to myself in 2005 when I started podcasting, I would say, don't do that. You're going to hate yourself in about 12 years. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005. I am your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson, thanking you so much for tuning in. If you are new to the show, here's what we do. I bring my 20 plus years of helping people understand technology, and I'm going to help you massage your message. I'm going to help you tackle that technology, face your fears, flatten that learning curve, and not just get you podcasting. Because look, you can go onto YouTube and find uh, you know tutorials from 2012. I help you actually podcast the right way, the smart way, and in a way that's going to have you impacting your audience in a positive way. Our website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER and save on either a single course or if you want to sign up for a monthly or yearly membership. Now, I always love to start off a show with a great because of my podcast story gets us pumped up to see just what's possible because of podcasting. And today we have Hall of Fame podcaster Gary Leland. Hello, friend. This is Gary Leland. You and I go way, way back in podcasting. I think back to today in podcasting, which may have been the first podcast about podcasting. You, myself, Rob Walsh, and uh, Paul Colligan, long, long time ago. And since then, I've listened to your show on and off forever, it seems like, which I love your show, Dave. But the segments I really like are the Because of My Podcast. And I've thought about sending in comments so many times on that, but there always seemed to be something better around the corner that was going to happen to me. Because of my podcast. So I held off and held off and held off. Well, I'm finally sending in, Dave, uh, because of my podcast. And there's so many things I could go over, though, on because of my podcast. For instance, every year I get press passes to the College World Series. Not only press passes and a space in the press booth, but field passes for photography and the award ceremonies, which is really cool. And I've been doing that for years. I know the who's who of fast pitch softball. I know all the championship caliber coaches, almost all the Hall of Famers. I probably have almost everybody who played softball in the Olympics for the United States. I probably have their phone number in my in my phone. You know, there's so many things. I've spoken all across the country about podcasting, all the way from New York to L.A. Last two weeks ago, I spoke in Florida. Next week, I speak at Social Media Marketing World in in San Diego. I have almost traveled the country speaking, which has also been great. I was fortunate to be one of the founders of the world's largest podcasting conference, Podcast Movement. There are four of us involved in that, and I'm one of the four, one of the ones behind the scenes, basically. But that's been a very fortunate thing for me. I've, I've made friends in podcasting and social media all over the world. I have so many friends like yourself that I'll know probably forever because of podcasting. And I've been interviewed on what seems like hundreds and hundreds of podcasts 
about podcasting. And that's where I've met so many of my great friends at. I love being interviewed. You can meet so many wonderful people when you get a chance to talk to them for 30 minutes. But the biggest thing that's ever happened to me because of my podcast happened in February. Middle of February, I got an email from the city of Arlington, Texas, where I live. Now, Arlington's a good town-sized city. We have the Dallas Cowboys, the Texas Rangers. The email was from the mayor's office saying, because of my podcasting endeavors, they wanted to make a proclamation. The mayor wanted to make a proclamation that a day would be Gary Leland Day. That's right, Gary Leland Day. Now, I thought this was a joke. My wife forwarded this to me. It didn't even come to me. It came to my wife. I thought this was a joke, but it turned out to be on the up and up. They asked me what day. They said I could even pick the day. I just had to look through the calendar of theirs and make sure I didn't pick a day that was already taken by some other event or someone else's day. So I looked at the calendar, and guess what? My birthday, March the 1st, was still open, and they were going to make the proclamation on February the 28th, the day before my birthday. So guess what? I picked March the 1st. And now in Arlington, Texas, March the 1st is Gary Leland Day. So that's about as cool a thing as you can have happen because of your podcast as far as I'm concerned. So if you want to read more about that, you can always go to my blog, which is GaryLeland.com. But Dave, Enjoyed your show for years and years, and I know you have great stories, and I look forward to your great stories to come. Have a good one, my friend. Thank you so much, Gary. Yeah, we go way back. Technically, I think to answer your first question, if you want to count it, Podcast 411 was the first like podcast interview show. I would think mine would be the first how-to podcast, although they talked a lot about that on Podcast 411. Then I think it was Daniel. No, then it was Cliff. Then it was Daniel. And then today in podcasting, I don't know. We're all still here. That's what counts. But uh, check out Gary's blog, GaryLeland.com. Leland is L-E-L-A-N-D.com. Congratulations on your own day. So there are, you know, there's a there's a handful of Hall of Fame podcasters, but there's only one that can say, yeah, I had my own day in my hometown. That's pretty cool. Did you know I do personal one-on-one consulting? Everybody knows there's the School of Podcasting where you can use the coupon code LISTENER to sign up. But what if you just have a few questions? You can go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule, and you can look at my schedule, find a time that meets your schedule, and you can get your podcast questions answered quickly. And this week we had somebody who was going to spend close to around $200 on a mixer that they didn't need. And when they found that out, I'm like, yeah, number one, it's going to be a whole lot easier to set up. And number two, you don't need that thing. And they're like, oh, my gosh, I'm so glad I called you. So if you're interested and you just want a couple questions answered, go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule. So one of the keys to good podcasting, of growing your audience, in the immortal words of my friend Glenn Hebert from the horseradionetwork.com, don't be boring. And so I happen to be popping around Facebook and a commercial for Steve Martin's masterclass came up. I'm going to play you a clip of this. I was talking to some students and they were saying things like, how do I get an agent? Where do I get my headshots? And I just thought, shouldn't the first thing you're thinking about is how do I be good? I have a little bit of a pet peeve for comedians who come out and say, how are we doing tonight? You've blown 
one of the most important moments of your show. Say, I'm sorry, we're out of the fight. <laughs> sorry, we're out of the fight. <laughs> what? <laughs> we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about my specific process. Thank you. Performing comedy. Hey, move that over there. We're going to talk about writing. <laughs> Editing is one of your most powerful tools. So that bit's not working. It's gone the next night. I never actually thought I was funny. You may think I don't have any talent. I guarantee you, I had no talent. None. Remember, you are a thought machine. Everything you see, hear, experience is usable. Oh, what? Oh. Whatever makes you unique as a performer, do it. And know that there's room for you. Hey! Welcome to Steve Martin's Masterclass. And I love that he says, the first thing you should ask is, how do I get good? Because people are coming to me. They haven't launched a podcast yet. And they're like, how do I get sponsors? And I'm like, what's your show about? Oh, I'm not sure, but how, how much can I make? Uh, if I have 150 downloads, how much can I make? And not that there's, there, if you want to make money with your podcast, that's fine. But realize the first step of let's complete that phrase. It's monetizing your audience. And when you start off, you don't have one. And the first thing you have to do is grow your audience. And so when we say things like, well, don't be boring. Sometimes that's like, it's not, sometimes we need more than that. And I realized to me going, well, just don't suck. That's not very constructive. So today I'm going to try and answer what I feel, which means this isn't all fact, a good podcast. So this, some of this is my opinion. And I realized that podcasting is a lot like music and art, that we all have our different ideas. So I'm going to try to put some facts in here to back up my opinion. So let's look at what are the characteristics of good content. And the first thing is really easy. I just listened to a show who shall remain nameless. At the end of it, I was kind of like, eh, wasn't one of their better episodes. And what did they say? You guessed it. We weren't really ready for this episode, but we decided to put it out anyway. And then we tried this thing, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I get that. I'm all about experimenting and things like that. But I think step one is make sure you have something to say before you turn on the microphone. You know, maybe this is after you listen to your audience, or maybe you're using your own experience and you've determined that you can create content worth listening to because one of these things, again, we think we have to be this, like, I have to be the master of all, I have to own this whole topic. No, you don't. You just have to know more than your audience. So keep that message in mind. There is a book that I like by a guy named Ken Davis called Secrets of Dynamic Communication. And it's all about how you should have kind of, you should be able to summarize a segment of your show into one sentence and then everything that you talk about after that should feed that main segment. So this main segment's idea is what is the characteristics of good content? And so everything I'm talking about right now is that. So right now I'm talking about a book and that book supports the idea of how do you make good content? So that's how I like to do that. Make sure everything you're talking about backs up the main point of your segment. If you have one segment per show, then it's backing up the main points of your episode. Now, here's another one that you kind of say, and you go, well, what does that mean? Be engaging. And so I went to the dictionary, and it says to occupy the attention or efforts of a person or persons. 
So you have to occupy the attention. Now, there are some people that do this called babies, and they just scream and wail. And that is usually get somebody's attention, not because they want to give it to you, but because you want them to shut up. So how do you do this without going, ah, because that'd be a really long podcast, and I'm not sure anybody would listen to that. So how do you do that? Well, it all starts for me in the first few moments of a show. You know, let your, and this is, I got this from Eric K. Johnson, the uh, podcast talent coach over at podcasttalentcoach.com and uh, also the co-host of the podcast review show. And he always talks about your podcast or your message is a bus and you have to let people know where they're going. Nobody's going to get on a bus with a bunch of question marks on it. Hey, feeling lucky? Come on down. I don't think that's going to work. And so for me, I like to know where am I going and what am I going to see? What am I, what's going to be the benefit of going to where we're going? And I was listening to a show the other day. I listened to a lot of different podcasts and it was kind of a survival podcast and that's not really my bag, but I was listening and the woman said, I'm so happy to introduce you so-and-so and so-and-so because she does blah, blah, blah. And then, and then she went into a tangent and I'm like, well, wait a minute. Why, why is she coming on the show again? Who is she exactly? Because I know you're excited that she's here, but I'm not sure why I should be excited why she's here. And I I finally gave up on the podcast. And uh, I went, this woman, there's a TV show called Naked and Afraid or something like that. And it's, you you drop off people, they strip naked, and then they have to survive out in the jungle. And if she'd said, today we're going to have so-and-so who just completed Naked and Afraid, oh my gosh, don't bury the lead. I couldn't believe it. So... Uh, that's one thing. Be engaging. Catch them out uh, right off the gate. We have the attention span of an autistic gnat. So the other thing you can do, and you've heard this over and over, anytime you can use stories to illustrate a point. Well, I just used one. That's a great strategy. Why? Because it's for real. It's personal. We'll talk about that in a second as well. Um, when here's Here's a key point. When you've hit all the points and you've said what you need to say, then here's a novel idea. Shut up. You're done. Wrap it up. Go home. Put a pin in it. Because that's the difference when of being engaging and boring. Is To me, Saturday Night Live often goes from really funny and they add on another minute and a half of beating a dead horse that just makes the, the whole skit go, my God, that started off so good. And then they just, Bleh. so also let your passions come through in terms of being engaging, if you want your your audience energized, you have to bring some energy. You can't come to the microphone and go, all right, today I'm so excited. We're going to be talking about so-and-so. Unless you're Stephen Wright, you can't pull that off. Now, on the other hand, don't try to be someone you're not. If that's not you, don't do that. But if you want your audience to be enthusiastic about something, you got to let your enthusiasm shine through. And in theory, if this is something you're excited to talk about, then it should. And if you're not excited to talk about it, why are you talking about it? Which brings to another thing, be original. Now, here's a great example of this. Remember I said I'm going to bring some facts in? For those of you who remember back back in the day, there were these things called, uh, you you would write articles for e-zines. And at the bottom, you would say, you know, Dave Jackson is blah, blah, blah. And he's written this book and he's a speaker and author and yada, yada, yada. And you, you would submit these to e-zine article websites. 
And the idea was people were putting together newsletters. This was before podcasting, kids. And they would put together these newsletters and send it out to people. And your idea was you would give them a story and they would put it in your newsletter and you'd get exposure from your Dave Jackson, blah, 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 at the footer of it. Well, these easing kind of forums and, and resources, they did really well in Google. And so everybody and their brother uh, wrote an article and put it in everybody's, all of a sudden there was e-zines and blah, 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 and this website, and there are all these different places that you can submit your e-zine articles. Well, guess what? None of those were original at that point. There was like one copy of the 15, you know, one article 15 times. And that wasn't really that beneficial for Google. There wasn't a lot of what we call value. It was the same stuff over and over and over. So, uh, keep that in mind. Try to be yourself. Now, for the record, think about this one. This particular episode is not very original. In fact, at the if you go to the website today, schoolpodcasting.com slash 558, I went out and did, I read basically every article on the first two uh, pages of Google about making good content. So I'm taking other people's stuff, putting my slant on it, and bringing in my own stuff. But I got some inspiration from that. So this isn't really that original. So he said, telling you to to be original. So I think I'm bringing in my own little slant here. And the other thing that can be engaging, that can get people going, ooh, is be stuff you can't get anyplace else. To me, that is something that, again, is kind of original, or in some cases, you just can't find it. So some of my favorite podcasts are the No Agenda Show, where Adam Curry, you know, the guy that invented podcasting, and John C. Dvorak, who was a uh, a well-known tech writer, they go through numerous, numerous different sources, all from the globe, and pick apart the news to figure out exactly what's going on. Uh, the Rock and Roll Geek Show is another show I listen to, Michael Butler, the original music podcaster from 2004. And, uh, you know, again, the Noah Dennis show, they basically do journalism. The Rock and Roll Geek Show, they talk about music, and uh, he plays new music on his show, slightly illegally, I might add. Um, another one I listen to is The Bitterest Pill. This is a story of a stay-at-home dad who's trying to make it in acting as well as a stand-up, while he's also doing laundry and doing financial aid for his kids, going to college. And I've been listening to that show. It's amazing. When that show started... His six-year-old son would come on the show and go, my daddy will now make an announcement. And that kid is now going to college. That's amazing. I've listened to uh, Hudson uh, uh, class uh, grow up. It's amazing. So that's stuff I can't get anyplace else. Here's another thing to keep in mind. Uh, so many people, right? We started this off talking about Steve Martin. So many saying, how do I, how do I get an advertiser? How do I get to the top of iTunes? How do I get to this and that? We're all looking for this. And the thing is, good content isn't always easy or cheap. So when we hear about, okay, I need to do content creation, kind of the first thing out of our head is, how do I do that quick and cheap? How can I put the least amount of effort in it uh, without spending any money, but have it really, really good so that people just go, holy cow, and tell all their friends? There is a saying that I first heard on a show that's now a pod-faded profit cast from my buddy, uh, The Real Brian, which you can find now on The Real Brian Show. And he says, there are three things that you can have, good, quick, and cheap, but you can only choose two, right? So I could go, oh, good, I want something uh, good and quick. All right, well, it's not going to be cheap. Okay, well, I want something 
good and cheap. Okay, well, then that's not going to be quick. You're going to have to pay somebody to do that. So good content isn't easy or cheap. And I recently, I'll give you an example of this. I had a horrible experience, and I'm going to talk more about this in a, in, at, when we get done with this topic, where I had a web host where I could have multiple domains on one hosting account, and I loaded this bad boy up, like top to bottom, with all these different websites. I got malware on one of them, on one of them, and they took all of my sites down. Now, granted, I was saving about $30 a month, and uh, 10 years later... Now that I have an audience, uh, my reputation kind of took a hit because I was down for the better part of a week trying to figure out how to get all this stuff done. It was really killing me, and I'll talk more about that in a minute. But there's an example. Bottom line is you get what you pay for. So, yeah, look at me. I've got 13 websites, and I'm paying $6 a month. Okay, it was quick, and it was cheap, but in the long run, mm, really not a good choice. Another thing you want to do, and I, I kind of mentioned this already, but be authentic. A, a you know, Let your emotions shine through. And this doesn't mean that I'm looking for you to be the next Barbara Walters and cry in every show. But there was a study in the New York Times that showed their most shared content garnered a strong connection with the people that were reading it. And it was because that content ignited one of six key emotions that was either they were surprise, woo, fear, yeah, joy, yay, sadness, meh, anger, or disgust, ew. So if you can do something that's going to inspire your audience, again, to surprise, fear, joy, sadness, or disgust, if you somehow draw a line in the sand and then explain why, that could create this lovely thing that I call dialogue. You might actually have a dialogue, not an argument, but an actual dialogue with your audience. But that is authentic. Don't go drawing a line in the sand that you don't really agree in. I think the dumbest thing right now on TV, and I see a lot of it, here we go with an opinion, are sports shows where they're just going to take, hey, you're a famous athlete, and look, you're a, you're a news reporter, a sports guy for 15 years. I'm going to put you up against the big guy here, and you guys are going to argue about who's better, you know, uh, LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Who cares? But they just it's this fake thing where you're just going to argue, and it's the old man versus the young whippersnapper. Ugh. Really? Ugh. Anyway, moving on. Here's something else that is a characteristic of good content. And that is, can you answer a question? So in doing this episode that you're listening to right now, I typed a single question into Google. I typed in, what makes good content? So think about this. Guess what I'm going to name this particular episode? What makes good content? And hopefully the next time somebody types that in, this will come up. Now you might be saying, but Dave, I'm not really a how-to show. And we'll talk about that in a little bit, too. So if you're like, hey, Dave, I do a, like a Star Trek podcast, which you could then, you know, you want to be authentic. Is it Picard or Kurt? I mean, which one, right? So that'll stir the pot. Now, here's another thing. If you're answering a question, can you answer the question quickly? I mean, keep in mind, yeah, people like answers so they can walk away from your podcast and do something with it. You've inspired them to act. But let's say somebody comes into, I don't know, your house 
And they go, um, excuse me, but where's your bathroom? They want that answer fast. It's not just a case of, can you answer a question? Can you answer the question quickly? And that's where I think sometimes we we blow it. People come in literally asking a question and we're like, yeah, right after we talk about whatever. Another thing you might want to think about is being accurate. I do my best to uh, to be accurate. Um, I was going to do a review this week of Pod Hero, and I'm going to wait till next week to do that because I'm still playing with it right now. A little buggy. I, I keep hitting snags, and, and the guy Kyle behind it is going, "Oh wow, thank you so much," and he's putting band aids on it. But I'm kind of like mm, not really ready to officially come up with that. And again, I'm going to be doing research on that so I can say. Here's what this tool does. Here's why I like it or not based on these facts. So I want to be accurate about that. And when you first start off a podcast, I've said this before, you have two things in common with every single podcaster who has ever launched a podcast. And that is you have no listeners, as in zero, and you have a handful of integrity. So when I listen to the No Agenda show and I hear a story that is kind of out there, uh, they always quote their sources. I trust the words that come out of Adam Curry and John C. Dvorak on the No Agenda show. When Emily from the Story Behind Podcast at thestorybehindpodcast.com, when she gets done with her stories, she cites her resources. So be accurate. And I, I really urge people now to push back a little. If you hear something on somebody's podcast and they go, you know what? If you uh, don't get into new and noteworthy in the first eight weeks, uh, you blew it. Push back on that and go, can you tell me where that is cited on the Apple website, that new and noteworthy is only eight weeks? Push back and see where they got that, and I'm using air quotes here, fact. Because it's not a fact. It's, it's, it's complete caca poo poo. Here's another thing to keep in mind. We heard in that Steve Martin clip, editing is your friend. Are there any words that you can take out? Have you given your listeners the best information that you possibly can? Is it complete? Pat Flynn is a really popular podcaster and blogger, and he writes show notes. He creates episodes. When it's just him doing something, his first book he wrote to pass a test. And so the notes he took were that detailed. Maybe if you've got the time... And the idea here is, again, how do you make something good? Maybe you come up with really kick-butt show notes so that Google has something to find. Is it complete? Another thing you might want to think about is when you get done, would you share this post? Would you share this? Is this something that you can go, oh, man, I can't wait to share this with my audience? Are you kind of going, "Mm, I guess I'll let it go? Because we know if you're going, hmm, that's probably not good content. Now, some other things you can do. I'm going to call this icing on the cake. You can use images in your show notes to draw people in. Because we talked about, right, bringing in the emotions. So you can do things. I mean, we could be just the facts. But when you bring in a story, and when you bring in something that tugs at people's hearts, oh, now we're talking to them. That's usually what stories do. And images do the same thing. Images can tug on people's emotions. So that can help take the great content that you just created, and now it's going to help promote it a little bit. And you know if you're a regular listener to the show that I just uh, 
die when I see somebody name their podcast episode, episode 16, because nobody is Googling episode 16. Great headlines can literally really boost your downloads. And according to Neil Patel, who I feel is basically a marketing genius, check out his show, Marketing School. And there's a great example of crappy audio. And yet I still listen. Good content trumps bad audio. Now it's, I've said before, when the audio gets so bad that it's distracting, then bad audio can trump good content. But they just basically sound like they're recording in their bathroom. But Neil said 80% of people read your headline and then 20% actually read your stuff. And that's why you need, because people don't just read. So we're talking about now being on your website. You want to pull people in, you got to have a good headline. And when people find your show on iTunes, the title of your episode is what's going to draw them in. So use great headlines. I mean, think about it. When was the last time you read a headline and thought, well, that looks boring. I guess I'll read it. Like never. So good headlines are important to help spotlight your great content. The other thing, can people share it? There's a plugin called Shareaholic, and many themes now in WordPress have tools that make it really easy to share to Facebook and Twitter, et cetera, et cetera. So this plugin is called Shareaholic, and they studied 200,000 publisher websites. This is back in 2012, and they learned that 27.3% of those websites, of those 200,000, of those websites' traffic came from social media referrals. So basically, we'll just say 27% came from people sharing it. That means when content is shared on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and other platforms, there's a huge opportunity for it to get discovered by others. And so this is where if you're using Libsyn and you're using the the strategy of file for download that, speaking of things from 2012, that a lot of people put out as a way to use it, you are missing growing your audience by 27%. That is a bad strategy contact me and I can tell you how to fix that. I'm actually going to be putting a video together that shows that. Um, Something else in your sidebar, when we're talking about, can people find it? Make sure you have a search widget somewhere on your website. I do things like this one. You can go to schoolpodcasting.com slash 558. And that makes it easy to find. But what if you're on the website and you listen to the episode a while and you're like, wait, what was it again? Well, I better be able to have you type 558 in the search widget and have it pull up. Or maybe you type in great content. It should be able to come up. But if you can't find a search widget, you know, a little search box, well, then you can't search at all. So can people find it? Make sure people can find it. And then the other thing, and I I read this study and I was like, wow, include your audience. That is a category of great content. Now, you don't have to, but do you guys remember all those commercials that were out over the summer where Coke had it where you could basically have a Coke bottle with your name on it. So what was that? That was Coke getting their audience involved in their product. What did it do? Now think about how many millions of dollars of sales there are at Coca-Cola. Well, they raised their sales by 2% by slapping people's names on it. I remember there was one bottle that just said mom. So kids could buy one for their mom and have a Coke with mom. And they even, I didn't know they had this. They had a website where you could order 
a bottle with your name on it. So if your name was, you know, and you're like, hmm, that's not next to Dave and Scott, you know, Sally and Susie, you could actually order one. And it drove up sales. So when you can get your audience involved, that again, icing on the cake. And then I've already mentioned the V word, value. Value is the world's best side effect. When you are accurate, when you're engaging, when you provide facts with integrity, peppered with stories, and delivered in an efficient manner, you are providing value. Now, the other thing that I think comes into play with good content, and I've read Steve Martin's autobiography, and he explains how the only way to get better at something is to do it. And so many people are trying, and I understand, look, I I get it. I really do. When you start a podcast, you don't want to look stupid. And I I get that. Can I just tell you, though, that no matter what you do, no matter how much planning and promoting and how many episodes you have in the can, it doesn't matter. You can't improve what you don't launch. You just can't. And so when you do episode 10, you're not going to like episode one. And you you just got to put it out there and just realize that the first time you didn't shoot a basket, the first time you tied your shoes, the first time you drove a car, you weren't that good at it. So one characteristic of good content, I think, is all these things and a little thing called practice. Now, I said I was going to bring this up. What if I'm not a how-to podcast? What if this isn't a business podcast where I'm teaching you how to, to grow your audience or if I'm, I'm not a podcast about podcasting, I'm not, what, what if I'm a more creative person? Well, with some podcasts, I mean, there are action items. You know, when the episode is done, people will be able to blank. And I remember on the podcast review show, where you can get your podcast reviewed, by the way, podcastreviewshow.com slash review me. I do that with uh, Eric K. Johnson. And we reviewed a sci-fi movie podcast. And I am not a sci-fi person. I'm not anti-sci-fi, but I do. I definitely do not geek out about that. And after listening to the sci-fi movie podcast, I was empowered to watch a movie differently. And there are times when your show will just empower people to do things. They don't have, there's not like do this when you're done. It's just, they're just, you've enabled them to do them. And when I listen to a show like the Ken Blanchard show or Grow Great, um, I'm empowered to think differently. In Ken's case, he more than likely made me laugh, uh, which at that point brightened my day. So I may not be able to sell more or do more or ignite more or whatever, but I laughed. And that is definitely a, a plus in in my day. So. There may not be an action to take, but for a brief moment, you know, your life was lighter. And that, again, is what? Valuable. So if you're an artist or something like that, and you're like, Dave, it's not so cut and dry. It's kind of gray with me. If you can make the day lighter, if you can get people to think differently, that is an action step. And a lot of times you've just done that without even trying. You don't even have to ask them. They just do it that way. So call to actions, you have to figure out what is it you want people to do and then give them one. I try to 
do things like schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. Now, that has like five different ways to contact me. Schoolofpodcasting.com slash subscribe has multiple ways you can subscribe to the show, as opposed to subscribe to me on Stitcher and Facebook and TuneIn and Twitter and Tumblr and Pinter, Pintergram and etc. So I try to make those easy. Uh, so that is – and people bring up, well, what, how do ads – what do ads have to do with great content? Well, I know a lot of people that there are very popular shows and a lot of people are tuning out because they will literally load three minutes of advertisements at the beginning of their show. Now, granted, it's a podcast. You can hit skip, 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 skip to get through it. That was easy. But, and that's where you've got to figure out again, think about this. What is great content, right? We said you have to listen to your audience know what they want, have something to say, be original, get in and get out, be authentic. Can they answer a question? Do they need editing? Well, that's the same thing with ads. Does it match your audience? Get in with your message, get out, make sure it hits your audience. If you can do it in an entertaining way with a story, I mean, think about if you listen to a startup, and they do all the MailChimp commercials, the the infamous now MailChimp, MailChimp. And uh, they did that by interviewing people at MailChimp to get their story. So it wasn't just MailChimp, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. There are ways you can be creative to make your ad just as good as the content in your show. But here again, that's not going to be quick, fast, or easy. It takes a little more work. And don't get me wrong. This doesn't mean that creating good content is going to take you 15 hours to do a 10-minute podcast. It's not impossible, but there, if you want to stand out, because there are thousands of podcasts coming out a week, you, you're going to have to do something to... Make sure that people find you want to stay. And that's where I mentioned in last week's episode, we talked about the latest research from Edison. And I'm very happy because all the numbers are up and up and up and up and up. Now, granted, that number is up from last year, but I think, I don't think we have a discover problem. I think we have a, I don't, and I don't think we have a, a lack of content. I think we have a lack of good content. But in looking at it, I know it when I see it. I know it when I hear it, and it usually doesn't start with, well, it's Wednesday, and I know I promised you a show, so we'll see what happens. That is usually not the sign of good content. That is usually where I eject immediately. So that's my definition. If somebody said, Dave, what's what makes a good podcast? Go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash 558, and you can see my show notes where I break all this stuff down. You can also go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash newsletter. If you're on a treadmill or at the grocery store or doing something outside right now, and you're like, oh, you know, I always want to go to the show notes and I can't remember, just remember schoolpodcasting.com slash newsletter. And uh, when the episodes come out, you will have the show notes emailed directly to you. We'll love your take on this. If you have anything, you go, Dave, you forgot to mention blah, blah, blah. By all means, schoolpodcasting.com slash content. I'm always interested in what you have to say. want to remind you that if you are a regular listener or a new listener to the show, especially if you're a new listener, 
Uh, this Friday, the 24th, is the last day you can send me your answer to the Dave Jackson two-question challenge. And that is, question number one is the easy one. Hopefully it's easy. And that is, what do you like about this show? And then number two, this is the one that gets awkward. And that is, pretend I'm not in the room and tell me if there is something that I would change about the show, here's what I would change. And I would love that by the 24th. And I got to tell you, I've been getting some decent responses on this. And on one hand, some might say it's brave to ask people. And that's why I remind people, look, I'm asking for it. I'm asking for your feedback. And some things I may integrate and some things, no way. Uh I'm sorry. But it's interesting to hear what does and does not work in some cases. So if you're going to do that, go out to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. The only thing, pretty, 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 please, when you email it, put 559 in the subject line. It's going to make it very easy for me to make sure none of them drop through the cracks. So if you put in something else like, here's my two-question thing, mm-mm, put in 559 is the, the subject. It makes it super easy for me to get them, get them all into one spot. And, uh, and go to town. So I look forward to hearing your reply. People often ask me, Dave, you've been podcasting since 2005. What would you change if you did something different if you were starting today? And I now definitely have an answer for that. And that is when I started, I had hosting, and I don't think they're horribly wrong, uh, through a company called HostGator. And I still have, I think, one or two websites on there. And I bought shared hosting that allowed me to have pretty much unlimited domains. And so as I added more and more websites and more and more podcasts, I was like, this is awesome. I'm spending whatever it is, $8 a month. And here's another website. Does my bill go up? Nope. Here's another website. Cool. Cool. Well, one of these got infected with malware. And it's really starting to sound... Like, I know someday my bank account is going to get hacked. I just know it is. It's just a matter of time at this point. And I think it's kind of the same way with WordPress. I've always been saying, keep that bad boy updated. Keep your plugins updated. Get rid of any plugins you're not using. Get rid of any themes you're not using and and have a backup. That is my philosophy on WordPress. And I had a uh, a website that was very, what's the word, um, stale. It, it's a one-page website. It's called podcastaboutpodcasting.com and um, hadn't updated it, forgot about it. It got malware and it then, well, the fun part is then, because these are all kind of in the same account, they shut down all of my websites. Now, luckily, the school of podcasting isn't on there. A couple other ones are not, but uh, Podcast Review Show was. That went down, and it didn't matter. They would send me a list and go, here, you can see right here, podcast about podcasting has this little thing here, and uh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, can you turn the other ones back on? There, There's nothing wrong with them. Nope. And I was like, wow, that's that's kind of caca poo-poo. And so I started working with uh, sites like security.com or security.net, S-U-C-U-R-I.net. And uh, it's not cheap to get things cleaned up. You're talking hundreds of dollars. And uh, so if I were to do this again, 
and I had a choice of A, going through the headache of this, or spending an extra $5 a month for web hosting or $8. And the other thing I'm, I'm no longer doing is I'm not doing shared hosting. I mean, what I mean by that, there's shared hosting and then there's kind of shared hosting made for WordPress. That's as low as I'm going to go. I'm not going to do bare bones, literally $3 a month shared hosting. I'm doing the shared hosting made for WordPress. And I'm really, uh, I, I still like, I'm still a GoDaddy reseller at coolerwebsites.com. But if you're new to the show, I like to play with stuff. And so uh, I'm actually moving one of my websites to SiteGround because I've heard really good things about them as well. So if you're a person that's like, hey, I'm just going to put all these domains under one account, keep that bad boy up to date uh, and get, uh, I'm using a plugin called WordFence that is really pretty handy from what I've seen. And it's amazing because you can watch in real time as it's, it, you know, it's blocking all this stuff from, I don't know, the Philippines and all these different outside things that it knows that, Hey, that's a bad person. It's pretty cool. So in the future, I'm going to be doing an episode on security based on what I've learned. Um, I found a couple of websites and resources that I'm checking into, but, and if you have any experience with this, uh, that you think would be good to share with everybody. Uh, I would love to to hear from you. Uh, I've got, I think, an interview tied up with somebody already that's going to talk about this. But it's amazing how uh, just vulnerable you can be. And when you see things like this week uh, or this month, uh, WordPress rolled out a a kind of mandatory update because there were six kind of holes in the dam, for lack of a better phrase. And in those cases, WordPress will automatically update unless you've told it not to, which would be kind of silly. So I will be talking about that in the future. And if you have any stories or insights into um, resources that you've used, that you liked, that worked, uh, I would love to hear from you. Go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash contact. As we wind things up, if you weren't around last Monday, there is a TV show called Jeopardy. You're probably familiar with it. And they had a whole category on podcasting called Open the Pod, Day, Open the Pod Bay Doors, How. And uh, what was interesting about this is you had, you know, the people on Jeopardy are not exactly, ah, I mean, they're pretty sharp cookies. And um, these people ran away from this category. Holy cow. It was the last one. And in fact, here, let me play you a little clip. You'll hear where they go with less than a minute. It's the only category left. And uh, listen to this. And that would be a platitude with less than a minute to deal with the last category, Bonnie. 400. Appropriately, a podcast focusing on politics and hosted by ex-Obama advisors is called Keeping It This Four-Digit Number. Even at 1,600. Bonnie? 800. Guests ranging from Julie Andrews to Dwight Gooden to Anthony Weiner are on Here's the Thing, hosted by this 30 Rock Man. And that's Alec Baldwin. Bonnie, go again. 1,200. The World Wide Web can be wacky, and this two-word show, whose title can be a dangerous click when emailing, fills in details. Bonnie. What is autocorrect? No. Jessica. But it's reply all. That's it. 
And with that, you move to 19,200. Final Jeopardy coming up for the three of you. Biblical. So the good news here again, they don't have to go, hey, for anybody watching at home, here's what a podcast is. It's just another example of how podcasting is becoming more and more mainstream. And if you're ready to start a podcast, I would love to help you do that. Again, you can go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER. That'll save you either on a single course or if you want to sign up for a monthly or yearly membership, that's all available. Keep in mind, you also get live group coaching. You get priority email support and access to the private Facebook group. Go out again to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code LISTENER, and I hope to see you on the inside. Coming in the future, I mentioned I'm going to be reviewing podhero.io, and I've also got Natalie from BizChicks coming on the show. That I'm really looking forward to. Here's somebody who has been podcasting three years, and I'm going to talk to her. Uh, she's got a um, a business degree, and I want to talk to her about what she thought podcasting was going to be and what it's actually turned into and the lessons she's learned along the way, because she's actually now getting some success. And again, notice what I said there, after three years, not three months, not three episodes, three years, she's now really starting to, sounds like, crush it. So I'm really looking forward to talking to Natalie. That'll be coming up on the show as well. And then, of course, next week we'll be doing the, you'll hear me talk about the feedback I got from you sending in the two-question challenge. So again, email it to me, dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. Remember how I said it's hard to do one call to action? I'm proving it right now. I'm giving you about 50. Uh, dave at schoolofpodcasting.com. And then uh, put 559 in the subject line, record an MP3 file, send it on over, and uh, let me know what you think I'm doing good about the show and what do you wish I would change. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hope to see you on the inside. Until next week, class is dismissed. Take care and God bless. Hey, I've got a new podcast I'm going to be kicking around for a couple months called Podcast Rodeo Show. You can find it at podcastrodeoshow.com, where myself and Alexa pick a random podcast in iTunes and see how long we can hang on. Check it out, podcastrodeoshow.com. Yeah!